You're listening to another hope-filled podcast from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifenz.org. Have you been enjoying this series, One Purpose? Uh, I have been enjoying it, but I've also, like many of us, I've been challenged. Uh, I've been encouraged. I've been convicted, uh, but I've been stirred. And it's been awesome because what I've found probably more than ever before is that wherever I am, uh, in different environments I am, I've got this second... uh, I guess, look on everything that I'm doing of, God, what are you saying in this? God, what, what would you want to say to this person? Uh, God, is there somewhere I can help? Is there somewhere I can just lend a smile? Is there somewhere I can just influence and give someone some joy? And there's another level, there's another filter upon everything uh, that we do. And I've been loving that. And today we get to conclude, I guess, the One Purpose series, but it's definitely something that doesn't end here. And then we move on to the next thing, right? Uh, I think even in the declaration that it's a year of more, uh, then this is obviously something that is a part of every part of what we do going forward, that it is about ultimately people discovering the wonder of a God who loves them. And it was cool, Pastor Paul declared, you know, like we are the voice voice through which people get to hear God, uh, which is a pretty profound thing. It's a pretty awesome thing. We are also uh, the window through which people get to see they get, to, they get to look at our lives and they get to see there is a God. The Bible tells us, come on, that they'll see your good deeds, but they won't praise you. They'll praise Him. And I think that's a pretty awesome thing to do. Uh, Bayless, Bayless Connolly, who loved uh, Pastor Bayless's message, as he just uh, you know, revealed that actually God whispers to us and enables us to be the answer to somebody else's prayer. What an amazing privilege that is. Uh, you know, and then Pastor Luke talked about the fact that, hey, we're not actually trying to get people to be, bad people to be good. We're actually seeing dead people come to life. And, uh, and I, I'm so thankful for that and what God's done in my own life. And then we had Pastor Andy last week. And I know I'm just paraphrasing what has been an amazing couple of months. But, uh, you know, Pastor Andy's message was a, you know, was a powerful reminder of actually what it all comes down to, what it's all truly about. But he said this line, and I want to pick it up from here, and I'm not going to speak... Too long, I want to sort of power through this um, to get my heart around it, and then uh, we're going to have some fun at the end. But I, um, he said this line in the midst of it. He said, who's going to look after dad's business? In the midst of what he was saying, talking about the fact that it's all about people finding him, he said, just, I don't even know when he said it, but he said this line, and you've ever had someone speak something, or you've been in a message, and someone says something, but then all of a sudden, you fade out of what they're saying, and you start going on your own tangent. And I went directly into that space where he said that line, and all of a sudden, I'm tangenting. And, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm yesing probably at the wrong times. I'm probably giving an amen when it should have been like a ooh. You know, like, have you ever done that? It's like calling the teacher mum. Just one of those great moments. And, and anyway, like, I just tangent, and I just started thinking, who's looking after dad's business? Who's going to look after dad's business? Because absolutely, this is actually what it's all about, is our time here, the positions that we have, the places where we are, the families that we're surrounded by. There's this greater thing of being a part of what God's kingdom is about. It's about dad's business. And I'm not sure about you, but you may have a family that, be in a family where your, your parents, they have a company, they're, they're, they've got a business. And then that question kind of comes, who's going to take on the family business? You know, like growing up in sort of a farming community and stuff like that, you know, farmers you know, they, they know how to look after animals, but they also know how to have children. And, uh, and there'd be the question, who's going to take on the family farm? My dad had a battery business for a number of years as I was a teenager. And there was, guess that, the undercurrent of, man, if, if it went on, like, who would take on the dad's company? This, and, and there's this, this whole idea about who's going to take on the family business. 
It's amazing because they lose Jesus uh, as a 12-year-old. We understand if you've, if you've read the Bible, if you've heard about a bit of the account of Jesus being born and, uh, you know, a, a miraculous conception and got Mary and Joseph and then, then they're going to the Passover feast and then all of a sudden, you know, oh my God, I lost God. You know, like those moments and um, God, where are you? No, literally, God, where are you? You know, like, and uh, they've lost Jesus and they're looking everywhere for him and then they, they find him and he's at the temple. And the Bible tells us uh, in Luke 2.49, and this is the King James Version because I just think it always comes out a little bit more like awesome. And, uh, and he said unto them, he said, how is it that you sought me? Knew you not? Oh, who says that? Uh, knew you not that I must be about my father's business? And this amazing thing just as I, as I heard that line from Andy and as I started just going around in my heart and my brain, I felt like, man, alive, even Jesus, you know, like, yeah, we understand his ministry kind of kicked off in his 30s, but here he is at 12 years old. He's already got this conviction that what matters most and what his life should be centered around is his father's business. And he carried a conviction as a 12-year-old that I don't need to be with my parents. More important than even being with my parents is being about my father's business. And hello, parents, would you not guess that I would be about my father's business? But what was awesome is it wasn't just that I thought I heard a conversation and there was really cool stuff happening and they had all the latest like flickers and, and Pokemon cards. So I hung with them. No, no, no. He had this conviction. I must, I must be about my father's business. And it spoke to me in that moment. And I just thought, far out, this is not optional. Because the thing with taking on a family business, the thing of being one of the kids of many who could then be in the position to take on the farm, take on the battery business, take on the accounting firm, take on the whatever it might be. It's funny because we get in those situations and often you'll look at the family and you'll ask, who's going to take it on? And then a couple of them will be like, oh man, I hate the farm. I don't like being on a farm. Oh, it's so smelly. And there's this consideration about, does it suit you or not that you would take on the father's business? And I was thinking about it, so often we can get into a place where here God's saying, come on, I want you to be busy about the Father's business, but we can go into, I don't know if it suits me. I don't know if I feel like doing that. I don't know if I want to get my hands dirty and smell like cow poo all my life. I don't, I don't know if I want to be involved in that area. I don't know if that's really the, the profession and the occupation that I want to, want to consume my life with. But what's funny about that is the kids still love the, to receive the beneficiaries of the business, but they don't want to be builders of the business. So what are you saying about that? They love the fact that they got a roof over their head. They love the fact that they got food on the table. They love the fact that the business sends them on holidays. They love the fact that the business pays for their schooling. They love the fact that the business is going to contribute to their wedding, but they don't actually want to build the business. Could it be that sometimes we love being beneficiaries of the Father's business, but we actually aren't that interested in building His kingdom? We love the joy that comes from Him. We love to receive the hope that comes from Him. We love to receive a purpose that's bigger than ourselves. But when it comes to us building that business, I don't know if it really suits me to build the business. I don't know if I'd very, be very popular in my school if I had to build that business. I'm, I'm not sure if all my workmates would want to sit with me at, you know, around the, the smoko room if I was building his business. I'm not sure if it really suits me right now. But I do want the beneficiaries of it. Oh, please, can I have freedom? Can I have eternity? Can I have a joy and a hope that's never ending? Can I know this love that's unfailing? But don't ask me to build the business. Don't ask me to build that business. I, I, I just don't feel like that right now. And God was, this is, so you guys were all here in Andy, and I'm just downloading all this. Like, and uh, so I got like sucker punched twice, right? Because it was a great message. But we've got to understand that when we under, 
come into connection with God, that when we come into connection with salvation, there actually comes a flip of focus. There comes this flip of it actually being about just what we receive to being about what we then offer and what we give. So freely we receive, but freely we give. And in fact, Paul says it like this. He says, I understand what I was and what I did before I was saved, but now I have to understand who I am and what I'm called to do now that I am saved. And he says it in 2 Corinthians 5, 17 to 20. He says, therefore, if anyone now is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old is gone. The new is here. Who loves that scripture? Oh, man, we just like, woo, yeah. Old is gone. You know, new has come. Look at this. I'm new. I'm so clean. I'm so pure. Then he goes, all of this is from God. Amen. Who reconciled himself to us through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Hang on. No, no, no. No, no. Give me the hope and the purpose. You don't need to give me a ministry. I'm okay without the ministry. I've got my own thing going on. I've got my sport career to focus on. I've got my business that I'm building. I've got my family that I'm consumed with. No, no. He's now given us a ministry. Come, we want the new creation, but I'm telling you, he wants to give you a new purpose as part of your new creation. He gives us a ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. Amen for that. He has now committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore, in consideration of all of that, we are now therefore Christ's ambassadors. Wow. That's pretty massive. Uh, that's pretty awesome. I was searching and looking up, what is an ambassador? Uh, you know, an ambassador is someone more than actually that, uh, that just wears the, 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 you know, the, the school uniform. It's more than someone who just kind of waves the flag uh, you know, on game day. Uh, what they are is someone who's actually given a position of high authority to be in a place that is foreign, to bring about the perspective and the understanding and the position of that which is their ultimate sovereignty or their leader. And one of their key roles is to enable peace to people. Isn't it amazing that Christ refers to us to be ambassadors because he has given us a high authority. Come on. He has given us the royalty of his uh, descendancy into our lives. He's positioned us in a foreign land and he's asked us to bring peace to people. Isn't it amazing how it all lines up that he's saying, come on, it's not just about now living with me, although we need to do that. There's a ministry now that you carry called reconciliation. It's about reuniting people with this peace, this hope, this love that you have found. Come on, it's not just to you, but I want it to be through you. And he goes and says, as though God were making now his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Come on, God made himself who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. I don't know, but that's a pretty cool thing to be an ambassador for. <laughs> an ambassador for forgiveness, an ambassador for wholeness, an ambassador for a restoration, uh, an ambassador for your life's not as limited as you think it is, an, an ambassador for there's more on your life than you know, an ambassador for the fact that that brokenness doesn't need to remain broken. i got a God who can heal. That's a pretty cool role to be an ambassador for. Come on, I am an ambassador of Christ for the reconciliation, the reuniting, the restoring of what your life was truly meant for. But this, I guess it's not a, always as easy as it sounds because I had this moment that I'm going to tell you a story of a situation that I'm not proud of, and, uh, but it spoke profoundly to me, um, and, it, and it shocked me, actually. 
About six months ago, I'm at my local supermarket, and I'm not sure about you, but 99.9% of the time, I'm going through self-service checkout every time, every time. And so uh, it's not because I don't like talking to the people or anything like that, but it's just something satisfying about trying to beat the person next to you. And so, um, you know, you got more in your basket, but you're like, I can beat them, you know, like, it's so awesome. And so... Anyway, so I'm standing there, it was crowded, heaps of things were going on, and I'm just, you know, there was a guy there and had this, this awesome beard, and all of a sudden I'm in beard envy land, you know, like I'm just like, wow, what a great beard, it's just so full and shaped so well, and, you know, I was just in this place, uh, you know, just, uh, just as you can see, I'm, I'm in the same situation myself, and, uh, you know, just another brother out there, and I'm watching this situation, but then all of a sudden I realize he's not scanning every item. I was like, oh, uh, and he's just like sort of bypassing the, the beep part, which I'm, I quite enjoy when it goes beat, and, but he's bypassing that and just putting it straight into the, bar, into the bag. And, um, and I'm just sort of watching, and I thought, oh no, I just, no, he must have just like scanned it like three times one item and then just taken the ones and put it all in. Does anyone else do that? You've got four of one thing, so you scan one item just four times, went, boop, 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 and then you put the rest in. And I thought he must have been doing that, saving time, smart man. And then I realized, no, 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 there was only one feta, you know, no, there was only like two tomatoes, and uh, none of them went on the old way thing, you know, how many quantity? None. And, uh, and so I walk over and I just say, um, are you going to pay for all of that? Are you going to pay for the items that don't go beep beep? You know, like, and what happened next took me completely by surprise, and it stopped me in my tracks, and he just stood up and he looked at me and he goes, it's none of your business. And I was kind of like, well, I just kind of tried to make it my own. I tried to make it my business, you know, like, but it shocked me that here I am, he's presenting me to be the one at fault here for noticing something that's out of order and, and skewed and wrong, yet because I'm the one bringing it up and noticing it, I'm the one that's in the wrong because it's none of my business that I should be watching and, 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 and be involved in someone's personal situation. And it just honestly shook me so much that I was like, well, I don't know what to say next. I look around to, um, to, to get one of the staff members to say, hey, you might just want to check the receipt and stuff. And obviously by that time, he was a, he was a smooth mover. And uh, he grabbed his bags. And as I, I honestly turn back, he's in the very far corner, like sort of looking back and bolting out of the room. And I was unable to run and tackle him. Uh, I was unable, which you've heard stories before where I, I would try that. But what shocked me is I stood there and I watched this guy partake in something that was not good for him, nor was it good for anybody else, nor was it good for the company, nor was it good for our community, involved in the situation. And I felt somewhat paralyzed to do anything because I was shocked at the fact that it's none of my business. I dare to believe that we have a culture that is starting, that is shouting at us when we notice things that need dramatic change, we notice things that are unhealthy. We notice things that people are in brokenness and in bondage. And we would want to go and help, but we are finding ourselves less and less able to present any solution because we feel like it's none of our business. We have a culture that is telling us that if you were to go against what they're in, that you're a bigot. That if you were to notice them, that you would be judging them for the situation that they're in. And they're shouting, culture's shouting at us, it's none of your business. Leave them alone. It's none of your business. Don't go and say hello. It's none of your business. Don't go knock on your neighbor's door because you don't think they've got enough food for the week. It's none of your business. Is it just me noticing this or do we think this is a real thing? And we only clap because we understand it's, it's a clarity of 
circumstance that we're witnessing, we're not clapping because we think it's a good thing. And I just thought, man, we've got to get a fresh conviction. As we're on the last page, I guess, of this series topic, we're going to get a fresh conviction of going, no, it is your business. God has made it our business. He said, I've given you a ministry of reconciliation. It's time to make it our business. So if you want a title for what's going to be the next 20 minutes of this message, it's, it's business time. It's business time. Because Jesus carried a revelation that it wasn't just about him getting through what he had to get through. No, his life was about the business of other people and enabling that they would enter the fullness of who God had created them to be. And he's passed that on to you and I, that we would carry the same conviction that, yes, people might find it awkward, and, yes, it might be hard to start that conversation, and maybe right now that person doesn't want to hear that there's a different way, but you've got to, I've got to make it my business, that I could bring this hope, this reconciliation, that I would be an ambassador for Christ. Come on, not someone just standing in the, in the crowd waving the banner, because I'm being convinced that the time that I'm supposed to talk about Christ and be a messenger of Christ is not predominantly supposed to be on a Sunday in an hour and a half. <laughs> but this is actually where this, the, the locker room conversation where we get encouraged about the things that we need to go out there and get back on the field. And that's the place we talk about it. That's the place of focus. This shouldn't be the heightened moment of awareness of what we should be doing for Christ. This should be the place where we are encouraged, where we are challenged, where we are built up to go again. So this is four things that, um, and I'm going to be real quick, four things, four kingdom convictions that we've got to carry, all right? Four kingdom convictions that we've got to carry. Number one is this, that people are our business. We need to have that conviction, that people are our business. Come on, your workmates, they're your business. Your family, it's your business. Come on, the people on your bus, it's your business. It's, they're our business. The, the person not sleeping in a home because they haven't got a home on the side of the street, they're your business. Come on, these people are our business. That's the ministry that we've been given. They want to say it's not your business? I want to tell you that God's telling us, no, it's our business. He tells this parable, Jesus tells this parable in Matthew 25. We'll be quick, but it says in verse 34, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. Verse 35, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. Verse 36, but I needed clothes, sorry, and you clothed me and I was ill and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. And then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty? And give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in? Or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you ill or in prison and go and visit you? And the king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. What's the conviction we've got to have? The conviction I believe that Jesus is trying to draw out of this parable to the ones he was talking to is that you're not just looking at people who are sick. You're not just looking and helping people who are hungry. You're not just looking after those who need clothing. You're not just looking after the ones who are bound uh, and in prison. No, you are looking after me. <laughs> if we would get the conviction that the people that we need to serve and love and help and care for are not just people, but they are him, that what we are doing for these people, we're doing for him, <laughs> then I don't know about you, but maybe the value and maybe the significance of that moment would heighten enough that I would actually do something. <laughs> 
Come on, we got to carry a conviction that it's not, come on, it's not just another person. They're not just in that situation and that's them, their alone, their thing to sort, their thing to deal with. No, no, that's Christ and whatever we do for them, we do for Him. Come on, and I don't want to know about you, but I want to serve God with all of my life, <laughs> with all of my heart. And if I understand that as I serve these people that I may not know their name and I may not get to know them beyond that moment, but if I'm doing it for them, I'm doing it for Him. We need a conviction that people are our business. And I believe Jesus is saying, come on, they are your business. Come on, don't let culture be louder than the conviction of his word. Come on, and the conviction of the ministry he's given you. You are someone and they are your business. The question is this, if it's not going to be you, then who will it be? So if it's not going to be you, then who will it be? I don't think we can leave it to somebody else. We've got to seize every moment, seize every opportunity and make people our business. Can I get an amen? Conviction number two is that business hours are open. That the business hours are open. John 4, 35 to 38 says this, do not, do you, uh, Don't you have a saying that it's still four months more until the harvest? I tell you, open your eyes. Look at the fields. They're actually ripe for harvest. Even now, one who reaps draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life so that the sower may, and the reaper sorry, may be glad together. Thus, the saying... One sows and another reaps is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. I love this. Don't say four months more. Come on, don't say next week. Don't say next Christmas when I'm with my family. Don't say uh, when this situation changes. Oh, don't say, oh, but when they get a bit more ready. No, no, no. Don't say four months more. You may not have scattered relationship seeds there. You may not have been able to engage long there. But if God's got a moment for you to operate in, if he's whispering you to be the answer to their prayer, come on, now is the time for the harvest. Come on, don't delay it for another day. Don't move it to another week. Let's go right now, right here. Let's go where God leads. Amen. Business hours are? Business hours are? If not now, then when? If not now, then when? There's never going to be the ideal time. There's never going to be all situations perfect. It's never going to be like we want it to be. But I want to tell you, if God's word is in your heart and he's leading you, come on, the message of reconciliation is ready for you to make an impact in their lives. Number three, expand the business. Invest everywhere. <laughs> expand the business. Invest everywhere. What's dangerous is there's an acceptance of people who aren't churched towards the church and our beliefs. They're totally happy. They're totally, oh, that's awesome for you. That's great. The thing is, is that there's like, hey, it's awesome for you as long as you keep it inside your church on a Sunday. We love it. It's so cool you believe in that. Anybody had that? Oh, you oh, you got a church? That's awesome. Now, as long as it stays in the church and you don't share your beliefs and you don't make me feel like I need to be hearing about what you believe in, then that's awesome. Keep it in there. Don't make it out here. But I'm telling you, God was never about keep it in the synagogue. <laughs> God was about, come on, in the marketplace. God was about in the place of uh, where they were going to be murdered for their adulterousness. He was right in the thick of that, bringing about the fact that it's business time. Come on, people are my business, and I'm going to expand, and I'm going to invest everywhere. It says this in uh, Matt 13, 39. It says, the farmer went out to sow seeds. As he was scattering the seeds, some fell along the path, and the birds came, and they ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. Some sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the same came out, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Some other seeds fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants out. 
Still other seeds fell on good soil where it produced a crop 130, 60 fold. Uh, what was sown? And then it says, whoever has ears, let them hear. Quick thought is this. Seed was on every soil. Seed was on every soil. We need to stop judging the soil and just get busy scattering the seed. Man, we could be so quick to say, oh, yeah, with that environment. Yeah, but with my sports team and, you know, we're all going out to the pub afterwards and all that kind of stuff. It's probably not the best place to scatter. It's not probably the best place to talk about it. Come on, we can be so quick to judge the soil, (laughs) to judge whether we should actually sow the seed. But I'm telling you, there's nothing in this parable that talks about, even though we understand that, yes, some seed's going to grow up quick. Some might be choked out by other weeds, but it doesn't say then don't sow there. (laughs) It didn't talk about, oh, now only sow in good soil. No, no, there was no differentiation about where we're supposed to scatter seed, where we're supposed to bring hope, where we're supposed to show love, where we're supposed to present the gospel of reconciliation, that their lives can be restored and turned around and hope can be birthed. It might seem like something springs up and then it dies off. What I've learned from my own lawn is that though the roots were not deep in that season of summer, when the rain starts to come, there's still a seed in the ground. And all of a sudden those roots, because they've made it through a dry season, will grow in another season that right now I thought it was over, but right now I have have a green lawn. It was brown only three months ago, but because rain has come from another season, all of a sudden it's growing. I'm telling you, don't be judges of the soil, just be scatterers of the seed. Come on, let's let the message of Jesus go out there. Let's let hope go out there. Let's present Jesus in every season and every situation. Scrutinize the soil less, scatter the seed more. (laughs) The question is, if not there, then where? Come on, if we're going to make an excuse why we can't sow, why we can't reconcile there, we're going to make another excuse for why we can't somewhere else. Come on, let's not be full of excuses. Let's be full of conviction. Come on, that people need to know. Number four, get dressed and let God lead the rest. Get dressed and let God lead the rest. Can I ask or can I say that your church clothes that you're wearing today, now for some of us, please, they are, but for your church, your church clothes are not your business clothes. Your church clothes are not your business clothes. Romans 12, 1 to 2 says this. Here is what I want you to do. God helping you. And the message version says, take your everyday ordinary life. You're sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life. Place it before God as an offering. Come on, embracing what God has done for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, come on, fixing our attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize that He wants from you, what he wants from you, and quickly respond to it. Wow. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you. So I thought maybe that we would show people today, what is the business outfit of the father's business? Who would like a little bit of a model demonstration today? Who would like to see what it looks like, what the, what, what the father's business outfit uniform looks like? Because every kind of industry has their own outfit. So I'd love you to put your hands together as I have our models come on stage. Come on stage, please. We have Tiffany, the one and only, all the way from wherever she's from. We've got the Danny Brancatasano. And we also have Julianne, the one and only Julianne Moffat. Come on up, come on up. Come on, give these guys a real hand. Don't they look good today? Don't they look amazing? I invited these guys up here today 
Because together, we're going to do the YMCA song. And it's going to be absolutely awesome. Three, two, no, joking. And um, because we can think about God's message and his reconciliation and his purpose and his eternal thing. And we're in church and it's awesome. But I'm telling you, this isn't really where it outworked. If this is the full intentionality of where this is all outworked, then I think we've kind of like missed it. Our business clothes look like where you're placed every single day of the week. Tiff plays netball semi-professionally, which is awesome. Uh, and that's a place for her to be a, a messenger. Come on, that's the place where reconciliation. Danny is on the construction site. And, uh, and Julianne is, works uh, for the Bank of Melbourne, which is awesome. And I thought I would ask them and get them to share with us what is, I guess, the, the eternal purpose or peace that they carry in this environment and what's just one of the moments that they've had where God's used them to speak into somebody else's life in that environment? Because it can be great hearing the message and hearing the, the cultural convictions that we've got to carry, but I'm telling you, it's actually, we get to go and do this tomorrow. And uh, so I'm going to get Julianne to start. Uh, that'd be awesome. Thanks, Julianne. I was a little bit nervous coming Sorry. My bad. Thank you. Um, I love the fact that Pastor Craig said, you know, we are um, the business of us is with people, and that's part of my role at the Bank of Melbourne. I, um, you know, look after people every day. Um, What's important to me and what I speak to my customers about every day when I first meet them is I always tell them a little bit about myself and what I'm passionate about, and that is people. And so my first initial meeting with them is always finding a little bit about themselves and what's important to them about their family and and so I guess that really is what I'm passionate about. And I guess so being good. in a relationship with God is um, that's how I became a Christian, was someone yeah. taking the time to come into my workplace and speak to me. So good. Um, and so I have opportunities every day to meet new people and, and have an impression on them. And I guess what's important to me is being um, compassionate and, and I guess, um, yeah, being able to share at times when people have spoken to me in that office about certain things going yeah. on in their family and being able to, um, yeah, just say, look, can I pray for you? Awesome. Um, I was that? funny that you'd asked me to speak about it today because yesterday afternoon I was just standing at the front of the, um, the branch and a gentleman was using the ATM and I went up and just said hello um, and spoke to him and just asked him a little bit about his day and, and what was going on and he was telling me yeah. um, about a back injury that he'd had. Um, yeah. and how much pain he was in. Wow. And so I spent about 10 minutes asking him about, you know, um, how, how he goes about his day. And, and yeah. yeah, and he was very, he sort of in that confirmation sort of told me about how lonely he was. And, wow. um, and so I asked him if I could pray for him and I just said to him, look, here's my business card. And yeah. he asked um, a little bit about myself. I told him that I was a Christian and yeah. that um, I'd love to pray for him. I said, I do go to church. Would you like to come? He said, I'm going away to the Philippines t- with my sister because she's paid for me to go because he's very lonely. He has yeah. nobody here. Um, so I gave him my card and, and just said to him, look, when you come back, I want you to come back and see me and tell me all about your your trip. And, How good is that? Um, so, yeah, I'm very passionate about my job and I guess... There's times when I, um, you know, I'm doubtful about what am I doing, where yeah. am I at, what's important to me in my job, and, and it can all be about finance and banking and doing, you know, sometimes the everyday stuff, but yeah. it's more than that. It's about connecting with people and leading them to know God, so. How good is that? Yeah. Come on, let's give Julianne an amazing hand, though. 
That's amazing. Go good. Come on, Tiff. Come up here with your sweat towel. It's embarrassing. <laughs> you might think this is a prop, but I was actually really sweaty after the first <laughs> set of songs. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Um, so good. Wow. Um, yeah, so basically I started playing netball when I was seven. I was like little Zai age. Um, and my mum, I don't remember this, but mum asked me like, why netball? Like, why do you want to play that, that sport? And I was like, oh... I just want to reach all the girls so they can know Jesus, apparently. It was like a little go-get-it. Um, and since then, I think that's been my mandate, playing like sport or in anything I do. I'm like, it's all about him. It's all about the people that we reach for him. And as much as I love the sport, it's like I'm there for the girls. I'm there to, so to lead them to Jesus. Um, and just a couple of examples. I think, like, recently we had... Um, our coach is actually, she's same-sex attracted and conversations come up like, the girls know I'm a Christian. Um, they'll just bring up things like, oh, is that, you know, we got invited to the wedding and they're like, oh, is that a bit awkward for you, Tiff, with what you believe? And I'm just like, I no, like I, I love her as much as I love the next person and I, it's not about, you know, the, I might not agree with what she does, but I love her as a person and I'm here to represent Jesus in that, that he, he loves us regardless. And um, recently we had, I got a phone call from, I've been at this club a couple of years now, and the president called and just said, oh, um, Tiff, your name came up in conversation and we'd love you to be the player welfare manager, which is like where we, yeah, like a chaplain that you get to love so on the good. girls and be the person they come to um, when stuff goes down. And I'm like, oh, I was so honoured, but I was like, why? Like, why me? And they just said, oh, it's because of the way you love people and you're approachable and the girls just feel open with you. And I'm like, that's no testament to me. It's just that it's all about loving them where they're at. It doesn't matter. You know, I'm not there to preach to them or anything. They just, if they approach me, I'm there for them. Great. Um, and yeah, and I love that script, that quote that's like, um, you know, in, in all things you do preach the gospel, but if necessary, use words. Yeah. So I'm like, I just want to live the life and be that light to the girls. And they, they ask the questions and it creates opportunity to just say it how it is. Yeah. So good. Come yeah. on, why don't we thank Tiff and honor what she's doing. How you doing? Um, so I work in construction. I work for my dad's um, company. So we install concrete panels little bit about what we do in Melbourne, um, work on apartment buildings and stuff like that. But um, being about the father's business, I guess, um, in my environment, kind of sometimes, I, I love the point you shared before about um, not looking and judging the ground, just scatter the seed, because sometimes you can be on a site and people are really anti-Jesus, anti-faith, they're pretty rough, um, but it's good to be out there and just sharing it. Yeah. But one story that I had um, recently, which is probably a little bit different, um, it was a story that I guess has convicted me, but um, I was on a job in Richmond about probably towards the end of the year in December, and um, there was this guy there, and I ended up starting having a conversation with this guy, and he's a couple of years older than me, so we're getting along well, and then God's like, oh, invite him to church, and I'm like, yeah, 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 I will, I'll invite this guy to church, let me get to know him a bit more. So I start to make all these excuses up, you know, oh, I've got to love on him more, I need to make more relationship with him, and God's just knocking on my heart, invite him, invite him, I'll see him here tomorrow. Anyway, so I end up not going back to that job for a while, um, not seeing him, the next time I'm there, he's not working there, I'm like, oh, you know, all right, hopefully I'll see him again. I'm in South Melbourne on a job, I walk outside to grab some material out of my car, and um, 
as I walk out of the job for the first time that day, he's walking across on a Saturday to go grab a coffee. I'm like, hey, man. We start talking. God's like, invite him. I'm like, yeah, oh, have a great day, man. So I don't invite this guy. Um, and two months ago, um, it was a Sunday night service, and I'm standing out there. I'm about to grab a coffee. Um, and this guy literally just walks into our church building, starts walking at me. I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> Anyway, I start speaking to this guy, and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian man. Um, I've been looking for a church home for the last six months. Um, I'm like, oh, yeah. God's like, and then he comes into the service. After the service, he's like, man, honestly, as soon as I walked in, I felt home. And I'm like, God's like, yeah, that could have been six months ago, buddy, if you just listened to me. Um, I'm like, so I think sometimes we just need to be really open. You don't need it, you know, get it all right, wait for that soil to be perfect. You just need yeah. to fr- start um, throwing the seed out there. Because when God speaks, I think the best thing to do is just listen and be obedient. But yeah. Awesome. Come on, why don't we thank all of these guys for. What I love about all of them is that I think they're. And particularly Danny's story, I really love the thought that, um, that we're not the only one. <laughs> we're not on, a, on our own. We could just be another voice of encouragement, another voice that God's been working on so many angles through so many other people, and you could just be another notch, man. You could just be another addition of that good news, another addition of that hope. What I love about that is that not to take off the pressure, because it shouldn't be pressured, but to know that, man, God's at work at people's hearts. Come on, He wants them to know Him more than we want Him to know Him. He loves them more than we could ever know that He loves them. And that we just need to play our part. Just be faithful. One scatters, one waters, God brings the increase. We've got to get out there. We've got to sow the seed. We've got to water. We've got to do what God asks us to do. And it's not always about getting them over the line, but it is about doing what God puts on your heart. Come on, has called us to do. That we get connected to the Father's business, that one purpose. And we lead people to Jesus. You know, I, I didn't mean for the service to, or the message to go this long, but how do you, how do you shorten testimonies? They're so good. But I want to do this because I felt God put it in my heart to do it. Um, and um, Romans 10, 14, 15 says this. He says, How then can they call on the one that they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they've been sent? As it is written, and how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. We think it's going to be awkward. We think it's going to be challenging. But I'm telling you right now, God's saying, how beautiful are the feet? How beautiful are the feet? How amazing is the person? How great is that moment that we would bring good news to people, that we would offer hope and love and kindness to people? Paul writes this and he says, how can they go unless they've been sent? And I think sometimes I ask, man, what are people waiting for? What are we waiting for? Could it be maybe we're waiting to be sent? And the spiritual significance of this moment, it wasn't about Paul knowing what he had to do and going because he had to go because he just went with the information he had. No, he's saying there's actually a spiritual dynamic of being sent. A significant moment of being sent, being actually given the, I guess, the the, the command to go. God sent His Son Jesus into the world. Jesus didn't just go on His own accord. Moses was sent 
to Pharaoh. All the time we find that people are sent, they're sent, they're sent, they're sent. Pastor Paul and Marie sent Nadia and I to Melbourne. And I thought maybe we'd just end the service by actually having a moment where as your pastor, as someone who is spiritually accountable for the flock, this amazing group, this incredible group of people that I would love to actually stand in a moment and have a spiritual moment where we would send that at the end of the service, we'll send you into the workplace. We'll send you into your family. We'll send you into your school. We'll send you into your place of occupation with a sense of it's, come on, I'm not just doing what I've heard that I've got to go and do something. No, no, no. You Come on, you're commissioned. You're called. You're, you're activated to go. So I'm going to ask, if you're here and, and you want to be an ambassador, I'm not asking if you've got everything right. I'm not asking if it's easy. I'm not asking if... You're perfect and you're, and you're confident in it. I'm just asking if, if you want to be an ambassador for the message of reconciliation. I'm asking if you're here and you want to be about the Father's business. I'm not asking if you've been saved a long time. You don't have to be saved more than 10 minutes to be able to say, you know what? The hope I've got is the hope I'm going to give. If you're here and you want to be someone who brings hope, gives hope, shows love, gives grace, enables others to find the God that you've found, then I'm going to ask if you want to be sent, if you'd love me to commission you that you would go not just in goodwill but in God's command and I'm going to ask you to be bold this morning and ask you to stand right where you are I feel a real significance about this moment I'd love you to start open your hearts want, you can lift your hands ready to receive. But right now in the name of Jesus Christ, I proclaim you go. Go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. Lead people to salvation. Lead them to baptism in a life full of transformation. Go with a quickened spirit to hear the Holy Spirit speak to you and lead you. Be strong and courageous and know that the God who was with Moses is the God who is with you. I declare you are an agent of change. You are a light in the darkness and you are a well of hope to the hopeless. I declare an outworking of the gifts and the call of God on your life to a new measure. Go and see God's kingdom come and His will be done, knowing that the same power that conquered the grave lives in you. Go, heal the sick, set the oppressed free, bind up the brokenhearted and love without limits. Proclaim favour, open doors, new ground. And as you go, go and impart and change this generation with the reality of Jesus. I declare that you are Christ's ambassadors. I declare that you were born for such a time as this. I declare that you are full of the Holy Spirit, living like Jesus, sent by God. The Great Commission is your mission. And I proclaim this and I declare this in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Come on, let's give God some praise. Let's honour Him. Let's thank Him that He calls us. He enables us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifenz.org.